about victory, Jesus. Lord, we submit ourselves to you, Lord. It's so amazing that as we humble ourselves, Lord, that is when we find our freedom. So, Lord, we humble ourselves at your feet, Lord, and claim the victory. And we're so thankful that we're no longer slaves to fear. Lord, we're no longer slaves to the world. We're bound to your presence. We're bound to your goodness, Jesus. We love you and we thank you for your presence. And it's in your most holy, anointed, amazing, wonderful, powerful, mighty name. Amen. Well, I'm so glad. Welcome someone to church today. Aren't you thankful for this awesome worship team? Why don't you show them how much you appreciate them? Incredible. We have a great group joining us for some special music this morning. You see them welcome the SCA Varsity Choir. You guys look awesome. This is Charlotte Shannon. She directs this incredible group of students in this choir. You do an extraordinary job. Thank you for being such a great team member of SCA. Yeah. SCA has got, they have tables set up around the building. If you have any questions about this incredible Christian school, it's a ministry of our church. Ask someone today. Or you could text SCA to 313131 and they will connect with you. We have given you a booklet that tells you about the vision and the values. We have spiritual life and academic excellence and the arts and athletics that continue to grow. Why don't you turn to the very back two pages? I think it is significant when it comes to academic excellence. The top 50% of our class scored over 28 on the ACT. 25% scored over 30 on the ACT. That is incredible focus and dedication. Speaks of our teachers, 90% of our graduates go on to attend college after graduation. So we just want you to know that this is a strong, amazing Christian school. We would love to talk to you about your student getting enrolled for the new school year. Again, information is available to you. Two things are going to happen this Wednesday night. One, Dr. Bacon's class. And in this auditorium, Rich Wilkerson Jr. is coming to Tulsa. We have this rare opportunity to get him to come and just challenge us with the message that God has put in his heart. When you leave today, you'll get an invite card. We want you to take that card and give it to somebody. Let's pack this place out on Wednesday night. Our youth worship team, they will be bringing worship. And I know that he's going to challenge you. You're all invited, okay? You're all invited. And please don't come alone. Bring someone with you, all right? If you're new today, we welcome you. There is a Connect card in front of you. You'll take just a moment to fill that out. We would appreciate it. Growth Track is how we get people connected and into the heart of what's going on in the church. Takes you beyond this large gathering and gets you involved, assimilated into the core and ministry of the church. Over 30 people joining again today. All new members, will you stand? All new members, come on. Stand up today. Such an honor. We're proud of you. So love what's happening as people being added to the church. And you can join Growth Track. It's four weeks. You can start next week if you'd like. And you can go right through this process. Because we've got a big vision. We've got a lot to accomplish before Jesus comes. Hey, over 20 people are being baptized in water today who have followed Jesus. 
accepted him as their savior. Seven were baptized in the first service. The rest will be baptized in this service at the end. And so we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate each one of them. What an awesome church. As the ushers come, let me ask you to join me in prayer. And then this varsity choir will lead us. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us and giving your highest and your best. You laid down your life for us as sinners so that we could be saved and be put on a life of meaning and purpose. God, I pray that you inspire us with just how amazing your grace is until we live out of that grace toward others, toward our community, and to our world. Lord, thank you for Summit Christian Academy. Thank you for our teachers, our administrative team. Thank you, Lord, for all of our students. Lord, I pray you bless this ministry as we go forward in Jesus' name. And everybody said, one more time, put your hands together for the SCA Varsity Choir. SCA Choir. Come on, give them a standing ovation. Thanks for being in our service. Come on, everybody. You guys are awesome. We love you. Hey, watch tomorrow night, Brian Nira in the knockout rounds. 
He's going to knock somebody out in Jesus' name. Yes, he is. I just feel that already. So uh, looking forward to that. So glad you're here. Thanks for being here. We're going to start a very important series today. And I pray that you just see the value in this and you keep coming back. It's called the keys. Keys are just part of everyday life. How many of you have lost your keys before? Is there anyone here who has never lost your keys? Wow. The only hands I see are people under the age of 10. (laughs) But then there's one back here. Sherry, you have never lost your keys in your life. Sherry, would you please stand up? Come on, stand up. No, no, you're that... We're going to give honor where honor is due. Stand up. Come on, stand up. She has never lost her keys. And would you come and pray for me as soon as this service is over? I lose mine on a regular basis. Susie was telling me that one time she lost hers in the lining of her purse. Have you ever done that? Please, guys, don't raise your hands on that one. We'll have a whole different sermon to preach. Uh, So, have you ever had a key made that once you got it made, it didn't work? Have you ever lost a set of keys, had them all remade, and then found the set you lost? They're just part of every day. You can't get where you're trying to go without them. You can't lock some things away. You can't open some things up. And so they're significant. We just can't function without the right keys. Imagine if you had the car of your dreams or the house of your dreams. It's right in front of you, but you don't have the keys. I mean, it's yours, bought and paid for, like bought and paid for. Dream car, dream house, no debt. Can you say yes? It's right in front of you, but you can't get in the car and you can't go into the house because you don't have the keys. That's just how significant these seemingly insignificant things really are. I want to show you today a verse that to me is the dream life. It's the life that's right in front of us like the car and like the house. And the message will lead us into finding the key to giving us access to what we see. I hope that every one of you will find Psalms 1, whether you use a mobile device for that or you brought the analog version, just however it all works for me. Someone can answer your phone and then find uh, Psalm 1. (laughs) It better be Jesus. Uh, Oh, man, I love church. I just love church. So, Psalm 1, verse 3, look at this. Psalm 1 is about a life we can live. When it says they, it's talking about people. It says they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. At the first reading, it may not grab you as being like the dream life, but think about it. It's talking about you being in a good place, finally in a great environment. You have a life that is now contributing to your well-being. Life is not only functioning, it's succeeding. Back in that day, they talked about bearing fruit. We all understand that, like... There's such nurture, there's such health in your life that you're able then to make a difference in the lives of others, and we call it bearing fruit. As you get older, you're not getting weaker, you're not withering, you're getting stronger, and it says that you prosper. Notice it's in all that you do. Now, to me, that's the goal. That's the life. That's the dream life, like the dream car, like the dream house. What are the keys? 
to access that life. Let's take a look at this in its context. So I want to pray, and then I want us to read it from the very beginning, all right? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us this life we can live. Help us, Lord, to learn about the keys, to discover the keys, or find those keys that we know about that maybe we've misplaced or just forgotten about. Lord, we all know what it is to have keys that we don't use anymore. Maybe we've forgotten what they even go to. Lord, maybe we're just rediscovering these keys. Maybe we are learning about these keys for the first time. To every man and woman in this place, Lord, just have your way. Speak. May this be a service that lives on in their heart and thinking and life even after we're done here today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Psalm 1, starting at verse 1, says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. So that's one way you could live. But here's the other way. But they delight in the law of the Lord. The word delight is you take interest in. It's what you like. It's what you want. It is the appetite. It is the desire. What's the desire for? It is for the Lord. It is for the word of the Lord. It's the things of God. And as you put your heart into those, the word here says you would meditate on those like constantly. You're preoccupied with those kinds of qualities. Then verse 3, they are like trees. Put the emphasis on the word planted. Along the riverbank, next two words will emphasize bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So the psalmist is showing us that there's two ways to live. There's the wicked life or the godly life. Let's continue. But not the wicked. They are, here's the the description, they're worthless. They're worthless chaff, scattered to the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. Now the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So there's the godly life and there's the wicked life. The wicked life, none of us want that. We have to be careful not to go down that path because it's a path where we cannot know success. We will only know uh, addiction. It's the opposite of freedom. It'll be worthless. We'll be scattered will be condemned, will be judged. But the godly life that is informed and where we get a preoccupation with the things of God leads to that enduring, prevailing, successful, incredible life that we all want. So the question is, what are the keys to a Psalm 1 verse 3 kind of life? Really, verse 2 is a strategy where I find my delight in the Lord and in His Word, the things of God, That's where I let my mind focus and and be preoccupied. And then it leads to that life. That's the strategy. But there's something, I think, beneath the strategy. And that's where we come to the key or the keys. See, if we've got the wicked life or the godly life, and we see how the wicked life would work, you get preoccupied with the things of the world. You are walking with the unwise. You're standing around with sinners, you're sitting like in the council, in the environment, in the atmosphere of everything that's unhealthy. It leads to a life that's a chaff life. You're just condemned, worthless, scattered. It's the life none of us want, but the enemy can make it look good. And then we get on the other side of evil and find that we really messed up. So there's a strategy to that. There's a strategy to the godly life. The key to choosing The godly life, that verse 3 kind of life, is what I call living surrendered and surrounded. Those are the keys today. Being surrendered and living a life that is surrounded. That is what rises out of this text. Let's talk about being surrendered so that then we would work the strategy that would produce the kind of dream life that we can know. The key of surrender says, I just give it all to the Lord. Remember Peter in Luke 5, he had fished all night. He has come back in. He's put up the commercial fishing nets. He's docking his boat. But Jesus comes onto that shore, and he's teaching a large number of people and realizes that if he could borrow that boat, go out a ways in the water, 
It'd give him a greater vantage point. Even his voice would like bounce off of that water and it'd pick up volume so that the multitude could hear him teach. So he says to Peter, can, can you take me out a ways from the shore? So Peter's been fishing all night. His night shift is over. He's going home. So he has to surrender at that moment just to let Jesus use the boat. And he does. When Jesus finishes teaching, Jesus says to Peter, hey, let's go out into the deep and let's go fishing. Well, this is another level of surrender because Peter has fished all night and caught nothing. You only fish at night in that season on that body of water. So Peter is now going to have to surrender to something that goes against all of his experience and his immediate experience of having caught nothing yet fishing all night. But he says, Jesus, if you say so, I'll do it. See the surrender? He goes out and gets the heavy commercial fishing nets out, puts them in the water, and the Bible says that he caught so many fish that these nets started to break and his boat started to sink to the point he called other fishermen over and they filled up their boats and it was this amazing story that we wouldn't have unless Peter was willing to surrender at every level. Surrender is just saying, God, you're in control and I'm not. God, I, I, I don't get preoccupied with outcomes. I just give myself to surrendering to you. Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians 16 and he's in Macedonia. He wants to get to Ephesus. He says to the people at Ephesus, I can't wait to see you. I'm coming to see you. We're going to connect. We're going to grow together. I'm looking forward to see. I will be there. And then he puts this little part in, if the Lord permits. It's like you read the first part of 1 Corinthians 16. It's all that he is certain that he's going to do, but yet with this uncertainty that says, if the Lord wills, then I will. What Paul is showing us is that here's the bottom line. I'm intending to come to you, however, I'm in surrender to God. He's in control, I'm not, and I'm thinking this is what the Lord wants me to do, but in fact, if it is, I will see you. I look forward to that. I'm coming to see you if the Lord permits. Do you see his surrender? John Ortberg is one of my favorite writers and pastors and, and speakers, and he wanted to get at the idea of surrender. He wanted to learn about it, and he thought, how could I discover the, the power of surrender and then communicate it in a practical way? He's always been fascinating by, by trapeze artists, and I have too. It's just amazing to watch them do what they do. And so he decided he would take lessons and be the flyer that had to reach that moment where you let go so that the catcher can do his part. He talks about the lessons and he said, it changed for me from being trapeze school to being letting go school. You know what surrender is about? It's about going to letting go school where I'm gonna release control. I'm going to give everything over to the Lord. That's what surrender is about. And he talks about that moment when finally it was his turn and, and, and the rope swings and he, he just jumps off of that platform and he gets into position and he said, here was the lesson. He was the flyer. He had one job and that job was to let go. It was the catcher's responsibility to do everything else. All he had to do was let go. And he said, trust was one thing like, I believe that the catcher was good at his job. But he said, what was beneath the success of it all was surrender. Here is the hard thing about surrender. The hard thing about surrender is no longer being in control. Now, let me tell you the great thing about surrender. The great thing about surrender is no longer being in charge. Because what Paul is saying, what Peter learned, what John Ortberg learned, is that 
Safety and sanity is found in surrender. And that's the key. We think of surrender as giving up, no other option, tapping out. I guess I can't figure this out. It's sacrificial, so I might as well, I guess I'll surrender. That's not the key that I'm trying to communicate today. The key of surrender is it's the wisest choice we could make. The key of surrender says that's where the safety and the sanity really is. Does it come without risk and without faith? But sanity and safety is saying, Lord, I'll do it your way. I will surrender and then I'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I'll bring forth fruit in every season. My leaves will not wither and whatever I do will prosper. You, you got to get underneath that with surrender. I surrender and that surrender leads us to the strategy of living a life surrounded. Notice the context. This tree is in a certain surrounding. There's water. You put a seed on this table, nothing will happen. But you put that seed in the right ground. And there's an interaction of all that is in the ground with that seed. And suddenly that seed begins to to open and we discover more than we could ever imagine being in that little seed. What we surround our life with is so significant. If you want to be this prevailing, strong follower, you got to get in control of your environment. You've got to be the cultural architect of your life. You have to say, wait a minute, I will be selective with what I watch, with what I listen to, with who I connect with, because I want to be like a tree. And that's about living surrendered and surrounded. I will surround my life with the right qualities, with the right people, and the result will be freedom. Maximize potential, the dream life. John Ortberg was counseling a young man who had a drinking problem. He said to the young man, he goes, the bottom line is this. He said, you are enslaved to your appetites. Listen to the way he broke this down. Your thoughts are obsessed with unfulfilled desires. Your emotions have become a slave to your circumstances. And finally, your habits contradict your professed values. Result, no freedom. The young man wanted freedom. And John said, you put all of your focus on the problem of drinking. If you put all of your energy and you go on like to assault that drinking problem in your life, but it's powered by your individual effort, he said, I promise you, you will not overcome drinking. He said, you got to go deeper than that. He said, you got to practice the principle of indirection. Because here's the irony. You want freedom, and the irony is this. The only way you're going to know freedom is through surrender. Your victory comes through surrender. If you will surrender everything to God, Then, out of that surrendered life, it gives you the key to access the power of God that's greater than the power of your appetites, greater than the slavery of your emotions. It's greater than the unfulfilled heart that you have. When you surrender to God, all you do is let go. It's God's job then to empower you, which will start addressing the symptoms of drinking or whatever the addiction is. 
You will never overcome addiction by just focusing on that addiction. you got to go deeper. You've gotten caught in the wicked life, and there are all of these issues in your life. I can never overcome pride by putting all of my focus on being humble. I will never overcome lust by focusing on the lust. I will never overcome lying by focusing on lying. I go deeper. I surrender. And when I surrender and live that surrendered life and that surrounded life, then the power of God, it makes me like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I'm effective. I'm successful. I'm strong. I'm free. As the worship team returns, John Ortberg says that here's what his coach told him. He says, the only other thing you do other than let go is that when you stretch, he said, stretch out your arms as far as you can and hold your thumbs as far from the rest of your hand as you can because you're giving the catcher the biggest target. You don't reach for the catcher. You don't grab a hold of the... The catcher will do everything. You just let go and give him a big target. You cannot free yourself. You can't make yourself godly. You can't make yourself effective and prosperous. That comes through the power of God. That comes through the power of a surrendered and a surrounded life. Here's what I lead us in today. The key of a Psalm 1, verse 3 life is just give God the biggest target you can. Like a surrendered heart. And he'll catch you. And he'll work in you. He will set you free. And he will make you like a tree. Some of you can't imagine a life like that. Well, I want you to start imagining it because now you have the key. It's yours. You can't live up to it. You can't somehow discipline yourself into it. This will not come through self or individual effort. This comes through surrender by the power of grace and the power of God. You can be strong. You can be free. You can be godly. You can be prevailing. With your eyes closed, I want to pray. You can say, look, I'll take that key today. I want to give the Lord the greatest target. I'm just going to surrender. Here in a moment, here's what I'm going to do. If, if you'll join me in surrender, we're just going to lift our hands. It's long been the sign of surrender. We're just going to lift our hands and say, Lord, I surrender to you. It's just like I'm going to let go of trying to free myself. I'm going to let go of a life that's not working. I'm going to let go of control. I'm going to surrender. And I'm going to move into the sanity and the safety of surrender. I'm going to move into the freedom of surrender. I'm going to move into the victory of surrender. Say, Ron, there's an area in my life I need to surrender then this is for you if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior this is for you surrender is not a one time decision it's an everyday decision because the enemy's always there trying to make that wicked life look so so attractive you say today I take the key and I use the key I'm going to put this key into this this opportunity. The way we're going to do it is just by lifting our hands. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. My hands will be going up. I pray if it's in your heart to use this key of surrender, yours will too. Lord Jesus, this is a turning point. This is where we access the power to live the dream life. This is where we access the power to freedom from addiction to freedom from the habit freedom from the slavery freedom from the controlling appetite Lord this is it so help us all 
who need to respond to this to do so. Are you ready, church? One, two, three. That's it, just give it to the Lord. That's the access. That's the momentum that you've been needing right there. That's the power of the Lord. We're moving forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With your hands up, just sing this. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you. I want to know. Say that again. I surrender. I surrender. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, for he, for she, will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, bearing fruit in every season. Your leaves will never wither, and whatever you do will prosper. Lord, that's our life. We access it through the key of surrender. This week, we will surround ourselves with those things that contribute strength. We'll surround our thinking, our atmosphere, our environment with that, which will build us up, not tear us down. That which will redirect our appetites, which will reconnect our emotions which will cause an alignment between our habits and our professed values and we'll live in freedom and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said come on let's praise the Lord that we can have the Psalm 1-3 life amen thank God